0: being able to be confident enough to have that open discussion with your mentor or with your practice manager to say, hey, like I know we had talked about these things and that's not really happening. And so can we try to get back on track?
1: Welcome to the Sawyer so Vet Now What, the podcast. This is a show that serves as your audio mentor in your journey as a veterinarian. And each week, Our awesome host, Dr. Mariah McCauley, will be bringing you insightful short-form interviews with happy, successful vets who are eager to share their career and clinical tips to make your life easier. So whether you're a final year vet student or a recent graduate, this podcast is your trusted companion on the pathway to success in veterinary medicine. Over to you, Mo.
2: Welcome back to So You're a Vet. Now what? I'm your host, Dr. Mariah McCauley. Finding your first job is an exciting adventure, and knowing that you will be promised mentorship can provide that extra layer of support you need. But what do you do when the mentorship you were promised doesn't pan out? Do you stay or do you go? To talk us through this challenging scenario, I'm happy to welcome Dr. Addy Reinhard to the microphone. Addy is the founder and CEO of MentorVet, an external mentorship program that helps new grads thrive in practice. This episode is absolutely jam-packed, so let's jump into it. All right. Well, Dr. Addie Reinhardt, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. It is good to have you. I'm always so excited when I get to chat with you. And so diving right into today's episode, um, to give people a little bit of background of who you are, you are the founder and CEO of MentorVet, which if you guys don't know what MentorVet is, please go and check it out. The information will be in the show notes. But if you are a first year or a recent graduate, this is a program designed specifically for you. It's a national mentorship program. It's backed by research, and it's designed to help you guys thrive in practice. So again, you have a wealth of knowledge coming to today's episode. And so looking at what we're chatting about, if I was your first year mentee that's coming to you, in the back of my mind, I'm like, I made it into vet school. Check. I graduated vet school. Check. I found my first job. It sounds awesome. Double check. Few months into it, I did not get the mentorship that I was anticipating. Now what? So like I ask that question. It's like I was promised mentorship in my first job. I didn't get it. Now what do I do, Addy? Addy.
0: Yeah. So this is something that I see quite frequently. One, because we run an external mentorship program that supports people and provides support outside of the practice. But two, I think this is just a common issue that we see among early career veterinarians. And I think you you know graduate and you have this expectation of what you think your job is going to be or what your mentorship is going to be. And then reality sets in, right? And our mentors They're pretty busy people, too. And like if they're especially, you know, for a lot of our COVID grads, like our mentors were balancing, you know, navigating a global pandemic while also trying to mentor young veterinarians. So I think that there's um, just a lot of pressure, especially being short staffed for our mentors as well right now. And so when reality sets in and things maybe aren't as structured as you hope they would be, or maybe the mentorship program that you were promised is just not quite what you expected, or maybe your mentors, not quite what you expected. I think at that point, you kind of have to take the reins on what you want your mentorship to look like. So yes, I think I'd be happy to chat more about what that might look like. But I think, you know, creating your own structures is where I would start.
2: And I feel like that's where a lot of people get stuck, is because like, you're just a first year grad student, a veterinary, and you don't necessarily have the knowledge behind you to think about okay what does my mentorship need to really look like cuz i remember when i first graduated like i knew i wanted mentorship i knew i wanted experience in surgery i knew roughly that i should be checking in with my mentor but beyond that i didn't really know like what questions i should be asking how we should properly be checking in. I was leaning a lot on my mentor who had had uh, new grads before in the practice, which that's always really helpful if your mentor has had that experience. But even then, the type of mentorship that the person before me got was different than the type of mentorship I got, partly because I asked slightly different questions. So... How would you recommend I like try and structure this mentorship or even like how do I broach the question with my mentor to say, hey, this isn't really what we talked about at the start. You hit on a couple of really good points. Okay, one being mentorship is individualized.
0: So it's really hard for any practice group or even a practice to say, here's a structure that will work for every single person because it's going to differ for every single veterinarian starting out their career. What I need is probably a little bit different than what you need based on my experience, my comfort level, my confidence, my skills, and my abilities. The second thing you just said, which I really liked, is around kind of Knowing what you need. And I think that it, that is a really tough thing when you're starting out because you don't really know what you need. But as you're starting to kind of get more experience and understand, like, hey, I have this need that's not being met, it's okay to talk about those things with your management and trying to be, you know, a little assertive in those situations. Like, I think oftentimes we have the default to, like, avoid conflict at all costs. And, like, you know, I don't want to rock the boat here. I'm new. But being able to be confident enough to have that open discussion with your mentor or with your practice manager to say, hey, like, I know we had talked about these things, and that's not really happening. And so can we try to get back on track and having that conversation and a really kind of empathetic way as well and not placing blame or judgment, but just trying to be really open and honest about the experience that you're having, because I can promise you they don't want to lose you. You know, I think we're having a huge issue with retention of vets. So anything that they can do to keep you happy and keep you there, they're going to try to make it happen. But also knowing that there's a lot of other things that you can do outside of the practice to kind of structure your mentorship. And so I think one being, don't forget your classmates, like reach out to your colleagues and make sure that you're, you know, texting your colleagues, because I can promise you they might be having similar experiences, even though they're not admitting it. And then two, seeking kind of external mentorship and support outside of your practice. And so looking for external mentorship programs that can give you a safe space to talk about the challenges that you're experiencing, some of those shifts that you're experiencing, like you know, navigating a new leadership role when you're not necessarily in a management position, but now you're having to delegate to the team and how to learn these professional skills. So finding a mentor outside of your practice that is kind of detached from the situation and maybe has a little bit more time to give you that one-on-one so that you can supplement your mentorship in other ways. So peer support and external mentorship are two huge ones that it's good to be proactive about those things.
2: No, for sure. And, and I can speak from a little bit of my own experience on that. And that I did have some mentors that were outside of my immediate practice. And just being able to, in a way, vent with them, because I am very much a talker when I'm trying to figure out like what I need. And so just having someone to talk at and then be like, oh, wait a minute, that is what I need to ask them for. And of course, my mentor is just kind of in the background going, mm-hmm, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, yes, it is. I'm glad you finally came to that conclusion. But that can be really, really helpful. And also something I was thinking about, and I'd love your two cents on is creating a mentorship agreement at the start of your like career or even in kind of built into your contract. Just so that even if it's not like in the contract, but you guys have set up a, hey, this is what I want you to be able to do, like skills wise, um, communication wise, when you should be checking in, like written down. So that way, when it comes time and you're like, hey, I feel like I'm not getting what we initially talked about. You can pull out that paper and say, all right, now we at least have some talking points I don't feel like I'm meeting these points. Do you feel like we are meeting those points? And maybe that's where the mismatch is happening. So what are your thoughts on mentorship agreements?
0: I love them. I think that if you have the time as you're finding your first job to kind of draft up what you think mentorship should look like for you and uh, the other, you know, your practice that you're going to be working for drafts up what they think mentorship should look like for you and you can kind of marry those two things together to create that kind of formalized mentorship agreement. It doesn't have to be like a binding agreement, but at least if you have like a guiding document and like, you know, both parties sign the agreement and say, this is what we're expecting, that can be a really helpful place to then grow upon that. And so maybe three months in, you're like, hey, this is what I was promised, but these things are not really what I'm needing anymore, but I'm needing more of these things. Can we shift this agreement to meet those current needs? And constantly kind of reevaluating. And I think if it's to the point where, yeah, you were promised these things, but I guess to rewind, having that in place will help prevent the getting in three months in and realizing, hey, I'm not getting what I promised, because at least you can say, hey, we had this agreement in place. But I think, you know, if you're even in that situation and you're wanting to kind of structure some new mentorship, like, hey, I realize that I'm really connecting with this other veterinarian in practice who wasn't assigned as my primary mentor, but I kind of want them to mentor me, like maybe you could bring up to your supervisor or your main mentor, hey, this Dr. Smith has really been helpful and has a way of teaching me things that, you know, really help my brain and help me understand things. Can I start meeting with Dr. Smith for 45 minutes every week, where the two of us can just sit down and talk about cases? And so it's starting to kind of create structures around what seems to be working and being willing to adapt that agreement as well.
2: No, I think that that's awesome. And thanks for your input on it, because I've always been thinking about mentorship agreements, but how to really develop them, how to modify them and know that you're allowed to modify them. I actually feel that they should be rather fluid in that way, because like you said, like, hey, a couple months down the road, maybe you want someone else to be your primary mentor. And that is absolutely okay. And kind of following from this, like, I know we're talking about the situations that can be amended and to like, just putting it out there, like there are definitely going to be mentorship situations that they end up kind of toxic. They end up that you are not in the right practice and those are the ones that you are okay to leave. But the vast majority, I would say, are situations that can be amended, that can be fixed on both parties So in those situations, I know it can be really easy to be like, I'm not getting the mentorship that I need. This place sucks. My mentor doesn't listen to me. Just like kind of go down this hole of cynicism. How would you mentor a mentee (laughs) on how to prevent this level of cynicism from developing and how to identify that maybe they are becoming a little bit of of a self-cynic? Yeah. And
0: I think the main reason I see cynicism arising is it's like one of the key symptoms of burnout. So if you do notice yourself becoming cynical or exhausted, it could indicate that maybe you're feeling a little burnt out and you need to do things like, you know, work on your own boundary setting, self-care, stress management, conflict management. But, you know, I look at this profession and I see there's no – the grass isn't greener on the other side for the most part, right? Like situations – are not going to be perfect. Maybe there are a few of those like unicorn places that are just already have this amazing culture established, but they're super rare. But what I see more commonly is real humans just trying to do the best that they can. And the way that we create a healthier veterinary profession is not running away in the face of imperfection. We can actually be young leaders and try to shift the culture. And this can happen at any level. I've seen veterinarians, associate veterinarians do this. I've seen technicians do this. But if we are willing to have these uncomfortable conversations about what our needs are and what the team's needs are and keep having them and having that ability to keep pushing, trying to keep the culture shifting from one that you feel like is maybe not the best situation, but you're willing to invest your time and energy to try to shift the culture, I have seen some really amazing things happen with that. And that's how we create a healthier vet med. So I do believe in the power of the individual to shift, and I have seen it happen. And I have just one example. So I had a mentee who was having a really hard time with burnout and just not feeling like she was getting what she needed and she just talked about it with her mentor and she was just really open. It's just like I'm feeling burnt out and I think that I need these things. How can we work together to meet these needs? And the practice like adapted to meet those needs. And then three months later, she is thriving in practice. And so I think we just need to remember that we have our own needs and we need to be able to communicate those, even if it's uncomfortable and even if it's hard.
2: I honestly, I don't think there's anything else I could add to that. (laughs) That was like everything wrapped up with a beautiful bow, (laughs) to be honest. (laughs) And it's a perfect place to end the episode because Like you said, like there are going to be times where it is hard, but by simply having the conversation, like amazing things can happen. So if you are a new grad and you're just starting out in practice and you feel like you're not getting the mentorship that you need or that was initially promised, like one Reach out to an external mentor. They are going to be someone who can help talk through these challenges, maybe help identify where you need more support. Then also like bring this to your practice management. Bring it to your primary mentor. Have the conversation. You never know what good can come of it unless you actually put a little bit of um, oomph into it, put yourself into it. So that's what we'd recommend for you guys if you're struggling with this, but also like reach out to us. We do want to help you reach out to Addie. She's amazing. Her (laughs) team is incredible. Like I said, the information for MentorVet, if you're looking for an external uh, mentorship source, that's an awesome place to also reach out. I guess like for this episode, we're going to wrap it up there. It's a perfect place to end it. So Addie, thank you once again for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was good chatting. All right. Till next week, guys. See ya.
1: So that's it for another show. Thank you so much to Dr. Mariah and her guests for today's tips. And if you're interested in learning more about what we do to support early stage vets in their careers, then check out my book, Sorry, Vet Now What, or Non-Clinical Skills Training Class of the same name. Until next time, take care. I'm mm-hmm. sorry.